Well, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Buddhist Biohacker. My name is Lisa Gunshore. Welcome to my YouTube channel. Don't forget to click subscribe and to share with everyone because we have so many great resources out there. And welcome to everyone who's joining in the live. And also hello to everyone who's joining us on all of our 10 audio platforms, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, all those places. So welcome in. And um, we've had three shows today. It's been a little crazy, wow. but I love it. And last but not least is our very special guest, Esha Estar, who is was here at the November Awakening. I'm so grateful to connect with you because I think you're such an incredible, profound energy. And welcome back to the show, Esha. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. And by the way, I have to tell you, your intro music is fantastic. I was actually jamming on the other end. I was like, oh, this is like a nice little beat. That's like, I can, I can jam to that in the clubs. Oh, I love it. Thank you. You know, my husband created it. So he's oh, the wow. composer of it. So I did the video and he did the audio. And um, yeah, I love it too. It's like, I wanted something that was going to do exactly that, like get us pumped to be, because it's live, like this is live, it's fun, we yeah. should be like excited and ready to go, so. Absolutely, and well, it's pumped, he did a fantastic job, I might have to hit him up to do something for me. Yes, oh my god, he would love it, he is, he's a drummer, lifelong drummer, 30 plus years, but he's also wow. a recording artist and does a lot with the digital uh, music and compositions, so um, yeah, he is very special in that way, so. Awesome, nice. Yeah. Yeah, so since we last spoke, your book published. Yes, it did. You know, it's, it's you know, the, the wisdom of death, it's been an interesting journey because I never really planned on publishing any books um, because it was really my personal story with death after my husband died and um, in 2017. And even actually before that, because I was um, doing work in death and dying and, but after he transitioned, um, there was just so much uh, of this feeling of death that stayed with me. And then finally, I just had to say, okay, what is it that you want me to know? So I pulled out my notepad, I went into meditative mode and I would just write an automatic writing and, and that is the book. Um, oh, gave me, yeah, so it's, 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 a, it's my personal heartfelt, um, journey on what death can teach us and you know and it's very interesting that it actually came out in the height of this whole pandemic mm -hmm. you know yeah well and i know that what you're sharing and teaching and the support that you're giving in this book is going to help a lot of people because there is a lot of separation right now i mean i, I of all the years of working with clients this past 15 to 18 months, I've seen more loss amongst my clients than I've ever seen um, of people that they loved and they cared about. And within my own family too, it's definitely a period where a lot of people have left even within my own family. And so, you know, I know there's a lot to dive into with your book, but I think just starting with the wisdom of death, if you were to say like, how have you changed now? compared to even, I mean, we just talked in November, but like right. now, now that you're through this whole process, like where are you at today with what death has taught you? Oh my God, I mean, so I, I wanna start by saying that, you know, death and, and grief has actually been two of my biggest teachers um, in, in addition to the birth of my kids. Um, so one of the things right off the bat that 
that death has really revealed to me um, in giving myself permission to actually approach it, right? Because that's the thing. I mean, we live in a culture and a society where no one wants to approach the conversation on death. And even grief, they're sort of kept, they're like the bad little kids that are kept in the corner, right? Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, and it's sort of like you're in a timeout. Um, but after my husband transitioned, um, you, I couldn't turn away from it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's all the fears that I held, um, even all the self-limiting beliefs and everything that um, I didn't even realize that um, I held, the, you know, certain specific consciousnesses. Um, I had to approach all of them and I had to befriend them more than anything. But I think the biggest thing that death has taught me is to look at how I'm living. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I think that is the big central piece that death asks of us. How are you living? Right. And then you pause and you reflect and you contemplate on the life that you're actually living. And is it an inspired life? Like that's my thing right now is what I'm doing inspired living, you know? Mm -hmm. And so before, you know, when someone asks me to do something, I always pause and ask, does this feel inspired to me? Um, and so I would say that's one of the biggest things. And then the other thing is that it's death has really taught me how to slow down how to be more still, how to be okay with stillness, uh, with silence, with approaching my own self, how to be more compassionate towards me, um, which of course opens up the door to being compassionate to everyone else um, mm -hmm. around me. And so it's been big lessons, but it's really more about, you know, moving into this interior space you know, because we're so frenetic out there, right? Like yeah. our attention is out there or into others. And and we don't do this thing where we turn that attention to us. Uh, and so, you know, this this journey with, with death has certainly um, given me more access to myself, actually. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And um, thank you guys for watching. Tracy shares your story and your work is so amazing. Hey, Tracy. So blessed to know you and to be a witness to your process. Oh, I love that so much. And yeah, I love you, Tracy. She's awesome. Yeah, oh, keep those comments and, and also share your questions if you guys have questions and also share where you're from. I love that too. I'd love to see where everybody's from and yeah. how you're surviving this week. And it's so beautifully said. I mean, you, you have such a way of describing things in such a profound, beautiful way. I mean, when we spoke the last time, I was like, oh my God, it's like drinking from a fountain to hear you talk. Aww, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I don't know where it comes from, to be honest, because, you know, everything that I either post or I say is just, it just happens in the moment, right? Like I mm -hmm. don't um, practice saying things. And actually when I do that, it actually comes out, I fumble over my words. Um, and so I've always said, you know, I just have to show up just authentic and just be in the moment with however spirit wants to direct this session or whatever it is that is showing up in the present moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. truly the best way for sure. And, you know, you're talking about accessing yourself and accessing stillness. And that is so hard for people to do. And yeah. this last year was proof of it because what we saw was when everybody went into isolation, they distracted themselves with a lot of 
like the alternative narratives. Mm-hmm. And I, true or not true, right or wrong, that's just what happened. It was like, you know, it, it took a lot of guts and courage to actually go within during that isolation time. And so what's your advice to everybody who's watching and listening? Like, how do they even start? How do they even start to to really access that stillness and that quiet space inside themselves? Yeah, you know, it's such a great question. And, you know, I was telling a friend yesterday that the pandemic is doing a thing to all of us, right? A thing that none of us really expected. <clears throat> and, you know, previously before in working with people were done, like I had this feeling that, we would, we would, something big was going to happen. And I, and I kept feeling that a lot of people were going to pass. Right. And I would tell like my yoga students, this, I was like, I have a feeling that something, I don't know what, but no one ever expected this virus and this pandemic. Right. But in some strange way, bless you. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, I was three. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. You're good. Um, But in some strange way, I feel as if this pandemic is doing an evolutionary thing to us human beings, right? Because the way we were going before, it just wasn't sustainable. This this busy, this this busyness, this doingness that, you know, um, that we were living, I don't know how sustainable that was for us or would have been for us long-term. And so sort of like this forced, staycation <laughs> that we had right this this forced retreat into our homes um i think gave us whether you resisted it or you're like yes i get to stay at home and i get to just be with myself and be with my family right so i was one of those people that was rude and and in terms of yes this staying home stuff is not bad this is good um but you had different, you know, people were on different sides of the fence. But I think overall, in terms of how to give yourself permission, I think it's really coming to this place of, of knowing that you're worth the time to spend with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Think about how much we give to others or to other things in our day-to-day life and how much of that time actually goes towards us, yeah. right? Where we're just sitting, I mean, and, and, and it doesn't mean that, you know, and it's so interesting because even after my surgery, you know, like I've completely taken two weeks off of work and it felt strange to just be still, right? No work, just TV, binge watching Netflix, like doing the real 3D human thing, right? Yeah. Reading books and, and it was amazing. I rested, I just slept and slept. And so knowing that it's okay to do that. And especially here in America where we work has become our master, right? And we give everything, the amount of hours that we work, um, and then we come home and we're exhausted. We have burnout and we can't even tend to our families well. Um, And if we can't tend to our families well, it means that we're also not tending to ourselves well. So I think it's just, learning how to be compassionate, right? It doesn't have to look perfect. There's no particular way, but just beginning this dialogue and conversation with self and say, what am I really yearning for today? And ask in your heart, how may I serve you, right? How may I serve you today? And 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 listening, listening. And we could only listen when we have these moments and pockets of 
stillness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so, so beautiful. Yeah, the listening. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and that takes practice, right? So I don't want to yes. say that I just dropped into this place where I'm at right now and it was like automatic. It wasn't. This is years of practice, years of of giving myself um, permission to be okay with doing nothing. And and even more so, you know, you asked the question before, you know, what's one of the biggest things that taught me taught me how to love myself, right? I mean, not having a spouse and my kids are gone off to college now. And so for the first time, it's me, right? And so I can't, I'm not looking outside of myself anymore for other people to create things in my life, joy, love, whatever. And so it's like, oh, I have to do this, yeah. This is my responsibility. And, and, and so when we begin down that, that road, and, you know, I like to call it that yellow brick road that we travel down and, and we were going to meet the wizard, but we realize that the, when we get to the end of the yellow brick road that, you know, the wizard is you. Yeah, we're seeking ourselves. Yeah. We don't know it, so we seek it in other things and other people, but we're seeking, we're seeking ourselves. And this is what the great thing that the Buddha discovered, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I have to shut my door. Keeps blowing open peculiar, peculiarly, but I have eight people in my house because the kids are home. So hold on one second. Sorry, my door. Uh, okay, there we go. <laughs> Talk about accessing stillness. <laughs> yes. Something wants to access some stillness. Oh, totally. I love what you're saying about the wizard. You know, that was one of my favorite movies was the wizard of Oz and, right. and you know, just everything about it, even though there was some, there was darkness in it, you know, yes. I loved, I just loved that. And I love what you're saying, you know, about all of us being the wizard, you know, behind the curtain of our own life. That's really, that's yeah. really good. I love that so much. Yeah. And I didn't understand the whole wizard of Oz movie when I watched it when I was younger. Right. Because there, there's so much um, wisdom in it and insight, but it's not a movie that you, of course, you sort of literally watch it. It's like reading the Bible and you, you know, you read it literally and you think, oh my God, this is, no, it's like, yeah, that's, you can't take it literal. There's, there's a hidden dimension beneath it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, in the books too, I mean, I actually dove into the books in my twenties and I was like, man, like there's just a lot of, there's a lot of hidden information. There's yes. a lot of hidden wisdom. There's a lot in there um, that was being accessed by the author when they shared all of that. So it's all very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> down a Wizard of Oz tangent, but it's definitely <laughs> about a lot, a lot. And and of course, the favorite part of that is that you know home is always right here. You yes. always have home. Yes. Right of you. And and that's what you're talking about, you know, is accessing our home, our heart mm -hmm. center. And what are some of your like do you have any daily practices that you do to access that space? I do. And um, you know, so I've since I've been in post-recovery, I've just really been giving myself permission to just be, right? Um, and I think 
that's also an important practice, right? Not feeling like you have to do something, even meditate, like, oh, I have to, because then that's part of doing as well. But my normal day-to-day practice is um, I do spend a good amount of time just being still in, si- in silence, um, breath work. Um, breath work is really important, even if it's just simple being with the breath, inhale, exhale. Um, I do a lot of alternate nostril breathing. Um, that helps me a lot. So I do about seven minutes of that. Um, listening, I sometimes I stay on my deck and I just watch the wind rustle the leaves and listen to the birds. There's something so magical about just being in nature and observing and then observing yourself being observed by nature itself, right? Um, and sometimes I'll read, I have... Um, this poem, this book of poetry is called Love Poems from God. Mm-hmm. And it's all of these mystic poems from the East and West. And so part of my daily routine is to just flip through the book and choose a poem and just allow myself to be with that. And sometimes I write my own poems after, um, but it changes, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll stick with something for a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then something inside says, okay, I'm ready for something different. Sometimes I use my mala beads um, with a mantra. Um, so it, it's, it depends on where I'm at and how I'm feeling in any particular um, time. Um, but just just normal, just, just being, I think is, is just enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, being with yourself. Um, and again, learning how to come home. This is home base. Home base is not out there somewhere. It's right here. Um, and I think we're, we're perhaps now with this pandemic, um, learning how to move closer and closer to that space. Because there's so many people who are just so dissatisfied, right? Yeah. Um, and realizing, coming to this place of, of realizing that it, the living that we've been doing um, it simply wasn't sustainable and there's a better way. And I do believe that there's a better way. And of course that's gonna look different for different people. Um, But I'm hopeful um, that there's something beautiful that will come out of all of this in the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have to trust in that, you know, we have to trust that this is headed to a good space. And and I think for a lot of us, it's really, we've written books and we've, you know, put ourselves out to speak and teach and share. And I don't know that any of us were, something about what happened last year called all of us to the carpet. Like, it is time to go do your work. It's time for you to step into that teacher space. And we were talking about that before we went live, you know, that this is time this is time for everyone to step into their individual awakening and into their power to work on themselves and to really absorb the teachings and the resources and to start to take action you know i absolutely agree i mean this is our call to attention and to action right and you know before and and i remember even when i started on my own spiritual journey you know i was so used to going outside of myself for assistance and for help, whether it was with, you know, um, intuitive readers or whatever. And and all those things are fine. I think we all do that at the beginning stage. 
But right now, I think in, in how we are evolving, there is this time now is very rich for us to now become the gurus ourselves, right? Like before we would want to sit at the, at the feet of the guru, but recognizing that, oh, no, that could be me. That is me, mm-hmm. right? That I could be my master. I don't have to go outside of myself for the information. Yeah. That if I practice enough of this self-realization that all the answers that I actually am seeking, I already have it inside of me, right? It's just that most people don't know how to access that information. Um, But again, I keep coming back to the stillness practice that when we give ourselves permission to really um, practice being still in a contemplative way, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Yeah. So I'm excited for us. I I really am because, you know, there's nothing more freeing than when you learn how to become the master of your own destiny. Mm -hmm. Right. Because for me, it's all about freedom. Everything that's happening is teaching us how to be free. And that's been my big practice in the last couple of years. Like everything that I do right now is how can I free myself? right? From emotional freedom, physically, um, mentally, and, and so everything spiritually. Um, and, and so when I become triggered, I'll give you an example. Um, if I become triggered by something or someone, I recognize that individual as, oh, this person is teaching me something. They may not know it, but if I'm having a particular emotion that comes up, I pause and I go do the work around that. Where is that coming from? Why did I, why did I act, respond in that particular way? What's the root cause of that? Um, and then I do the work around it, you know, and it may take some days or, you know, depending on how deep it is, it might take some weeks, but um, 90% of the time I get to the root cause of why I'm acting that way or responding that way. Um, And it's all part of freeing myself, right? And we have this big thing that walks around with us called our ego. And and I've learned how to become really compassionate to my ego as well. Um, Because the ego is there to serve its purpose. And, you know, our conditioning that we've had, um, it's steeped in that conditioning. And so whenever I see my ego showing up in a particular way, I, I always have this conversation. I was like, it's okay, baby. It's going to be all right if, if <laughs> no one gets that or no one likes you, how you're doing it. It's like, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love that. You know, it's, it is, it's realizing, I mean, you just said it so beautifully. I don't even know that I need to, I feel like I don't even need to say anything, but I want to say like, <laughs> You know, it's it's realizing that we are the guru, you know, just like you're saying. I mean, that's that is the awakening that's happening now. Yes. And, and I think mm-hmm. no, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. I was just going to say, I mean, I think that's and that's the call to action is to yes. awaken to your own divine wisdom, your own inherent yes. gifts and talents. And I think that's why things are changing. I think that's why a lot of us are moving into spaces like YouTube, for example, where we're teaching to larger mm-hmm. groups of people 
And away from the individual piece, it's not that that isn't the individual work isn't valuable, but I think a lot of us who have gone through this journey for the last 15, 20, 30 mm -hmm. years, what, what I'm seeing and feeling is we want to hand you back your power. Yes. So it's, it's not about going and getting information. It's about learning how to get your own information and really accessing that yourself because it's not about, you know, mystical people holding supernatural powers. It's, it's about you, you have the power, right? Just right. like you said, you're the wizard, you're the guru, you're the master. Right. It's beautiful, really. I mean, it's really giving you permission to be the amazing light being that we are. Yes. And that's exactly what I was going to say. So you, you said it you quite eloquently. It's like as light workers, those of us who have been healers, light workers, way showers, it's time for us to step into the position of returning power back to those that we see, right? And having them practice trusting in what yeah. they feel and, re and, and receive internally from themselves, right? Because, you know, I'm a massage therapist, right? And so um, a client comes to me, I want to work on them, I want to make them feel better. Yes, that's the goal. So they don't have to come and see me all the time. If I'm not doing my work properly, and you're coming back day after day after day, then there, there's something wrong, right? So my goal is to not have you be uh, crutched up to me. <laughs> Right, and I think it's the same thing with you know with um, light workers is that we want to be able to give you the tools so you can do this work for yourself, and so you can practice becoming the teacher yourself, becoming the master yourself. Um, and I think for for so long historically, we have maimed um, much of humanity through fear um, by allowing them to have institutions, different things in, 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 in our world as if that is the only thing, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, divine wisdom is in all of us, right? And why not, why not share that truth, mm. mm -hmm. right? Why not open people to that they too are divine masters? And it's not just for a select few up at this top hierarchy. It, it can't work at a, a, at a funnel, at a top down funnel, right? And I think we've seen historically what that's done, right? Mm -hmm. um, wars, crusades, you name it, inquisitions, right? And so here we have this beautiful opportunity to free all of humanity. All of humanity gets freed. And that's exciting, mm -hmm. you know? And so the work I do for myself, I model so my kids can see that, so they can do their work too. And my 19 year old, you know, she sees me. And even the other day we were outside, we had a fire pit going and she's writing down things that she wants to let go of and burning it in the fire. Yes. Right. And I'm like, yes. You know, so even at 19, she has an awareness that she's responsible for how she wants to feel. Mm. Right. Because if someone else is responsible for 
a particular emotions that shown up and yes that that'll happen but ultimately right we're we're the ones responsible and so instead of living this life of blame well so and so made me feel this way oh and i told her i was like well if so and so made you feel this way so and so is your master they have power over you so it's 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 a beautiful time not just for us adults but for our children too to to grow up with these type of um you know wisdom that that teaches them um to not look outside of themselves Mm -hmm. but to really honor what's inside yeah you're really activating me because the the taking responsibility is so profound right now and especially during this eclipse window it feels to me like that's a lot of what's happening and i was talking to my husband the other day and it really just came through like that really is the solution to the victim perpetrator cycle on the planet is the self responsibility is just to stop pointing fingers, stop playing the blame shame game mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and really just say, well, what is my part? And, and taking yes. ownership of that and saying, you know what, I'm willing to do my work. Yes. You know, are you right you know? And, and it's really profound. I mean, Taking responsibility is profound. And honestly, it was probably the most humbling part of my spiritual journey was recognizing, and this has probably been, I mean, gosh, it's probably 15 years ago, but I was in a, a toxic marriage. I was unhealthy. I was overweight. I was all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And there came this moment where I, I really looked and said, I've created this. And it's time for me to create something new. And even then I wasn't fully aware of what I was doing. But when I look back, I'm like, ah, I was starting to take responsibility for my life. And, and that is the most profound, difficult, humiliating thing is to say, shoot, like <laughs> I did this. You know, when you have that conflict or you have that relationship of saying, gosh, I've created this. I'm, I, I, this poem landed in me. Um, just a little few days ago um, about the the mother, yeah. this divine mother energy that's really pulsating through myself and the community right now. And one of the things that came through in this poem was we are shaming and berating ourselves through strangers around us. Yes. Like that's what we're doing. And even as I say that, I just get these goosebumps, like uh -huh. recognizing that we are doing like these experiences we have are actually us uh, acting through someone else and and bringing that energy back into ourselves the empowerment that you can give yourself from that it feels like the strength like oh i'm doing this i can, yes. I can change it you know yes you know the word that kept coming up for me as you were speaking is what a gift to give yourself Mm. Right. I mean, truly, what a gift to give yourself to to take up this mantle and say, you know what, this is my life. I get to choose how I want to live it, how I want to feel, not someone outside of me. And yes, that, too, is a journey. You know, like you said, it took time. It's a process. Right. 
and, and we, we have to get used to that. Um, but there's, when we have this come to this realization that the consciousness that I, that I hold within myself is what's creating my reality. It's like, once you get that, it's like, holy shit, really? Right? It's like, wow. Okay. Now, if that's true, then, then I can change it. Yeah. Right. Then I can change whatever consciousness is producing this reality that I don't want. I can change it to something that I actually do want. And once you get that and you figure it out, it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're really doing here is, is looking at the consciousness that we're holding. You know, it's like um, after hassle pass, you know, when you go into grief, it's like all of the boxes that you had on shelves that you didn't want to look at, they open up. Right. And every fear, every shadow, they all come out. And it's like a massive parade that they're having. Mm-hmm. And but I, I utilized that time to say, okay, because I was so afraid. Like I had PTSD after he died and um, I was in this hypervigilant state and I had to, like, I would have panic. I would wake up in the middle of the night and in the mornings with panic and anxiety attacks and never really had those before. They scared me. And I kept asking myself, why, why am I having, you know, why am I feeling this way? And, um, and I realized one day that I had this self-limiting belief that I couldn't do this by myself. I was afraid of, of being a, a single parent, having to run a household by myself, having to love myself, you know, I mean, all of it, I was like, how am I going to do this? And that gave me anxiety attacks. But once I, I realized why I was having it, then that began to subside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way I, I do everything now. It's like, I look at my consciousness that I'm holding and and I do the work around that. And, and I don't beat myself up because I have it either, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it was there in my subconscious for a long time because maybe something in my childhood. Um, and so again, I, I love these parts of me that that come and show themselves. And it's like, it's like sometimes it's it's served to me on a platter. It's like, <laughs> here's your anger. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like you, you that was hiding over there. Oh, I do get angry. Oh, I didn't mm-hmm. know I could get angry. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a it's a beautiful gift like if we want to gift ourselves anything gift yourself the gift of the one loving yourself so completely and unconditionally even when you mess up and do you know things that you might say oh my god this is horrible and then and then take full responsibility for everything hmm. you know it, it becomes it's the path also of freedom and and moving back to this this place of simplicity. Like I really realized that, you know, I don't want a complicated life, but I'm the one that complicates it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh gosh, I just could listen to you, Brett. I just love you so much. I mean, really, you're just such a beautiful energy. And I, you know, 
we could talk about this for hours, but I want to switch gears because I would love for you to share with everybody a little bit about the app that you're working on and what you're creating for everyone to support yeah. them. It's really amazing. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. So grief has been um, the baby that I've been focusing on um, over the last year, probably more than the last year. Um, death, dying, and grief really are uh, my platforms because Again, it's it's something that we need to move closer to, to have a deeper understanding of, um, because we're all gonna go through and experience all three of those things. Um, personally, um, it's gonna happen to us, and it's also gonna happen to the people around us. And the thing that the pandemic, the light that the pandemic has shined on is death, right? Mm -hmm. People die every day, right? No one ever made a big fuss over it. But now with people dying um, throughout the whole world, thousands and thousands of people, now all of a sudden death is front and center, like it's never been before. And so we're being forced now to see it. We're also being forced now to see the grief behind it. And grief is something that we as human beings, we've always had. But what we, we have not had is a way to actually bring it to front and center and actually begin to have this conversation with, well, how is grief affecting my life? How is it affecting my community? How is it affecting generation to generation, right? Mm -hmm. um, because if we look at um, societies and worlds and neighborhoods and, and communities and everything, grief is at the center of all of it, right? Um, and so last year, as I was thinking about, I grew up in the Bronx, as I was thinking about everything that was happening in New York, when New York was like the epicenter of the pandemic, mm -hmm. and I started thinking about all those people in the Bronx and in the boroughs and in these, you know, very tightly woven um, urban cities. And I was thinking about their grief and how, how are they gonna process this grief? Because they don't have the resources to go and see a shrink. Mm -hmm. And most of them wouldn't go and see a shrink because, you know, a lot of people in a lot of communities, you know, they, there's a stigma with that. Um, and so I woke up one day and spirit said, I want you to build an app. And I'm like, I know nothing about building apps. And that sounds very uncomfortable for me. And I don't really want to do it. Um, and it's not that there aren't grief apps out there. They are. But I wanted to create an app that had all of the content of everything that I do. And so it's, it's, it's a contemplative app that has a journal piece to it where every day of the week, you know, you'll have a particular um, question. And so it'll have different things to just guide the individual um, with their grief journey. And, um, and it'll be donation-based, right? Um, and, and the donation base is simply so we can have, keep running the app. And so, you know, we're in beta testing with that. And, um, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, it's something that we, that'll have a worldwide impact um, because we, we need it. Because if each community heals from their grief, right? Imagine what 
our world would look like. Imagine how we would live with each other if we tended to the grief that we had inside and not just swept it under the carpet for some time down the road. And truthfully, everyone deserves a life of happiness, of joy, but no one can give it to them. So doing our grief work gives us the opportunity to actually step into a life of joy. And yes, it is hard when you lose a loved one. And you don't ever, I don't think you ever get over grief. You learn how to invite it into your life and live a fruitful life from that place. You learn how to befriend it. And then you realize, oh my God, grief doesn't want to take me down, right? <laughs> it doesn't want to take me down and destroy me. It actually wants to open me up into a brand new life because it reorients our lives. You know, it's showing us a different way and that different way doesn't have to be a bad way or it's not about forgetting what we lost, right? It's about creating something magical and beautiful and you take the memory of your loved one with you, right? They're coming along for the journey too, yeah. Um, so the grief work is very important for me and in, in how do we change our perspective with how we grieve and how we see grief. Um, and it, it's my hope that eventually, you know, we can create um, just like how we have book clubs. Why can't we create grief clubs? Talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk. Period. It's so beautiful what you're doing. I mean, it's so profound and beautiful what you're doing. And, and yeah, it's about building community and this, this collective grief. Cause you know, uh -huh. I'm sure, you know, I mean, a lot of what's happening is this release of collective trauma. Yes. Ancient. Oh, ancient. Yes. Rich, yes. Thank you trauma. for saying that. Right. Yeah. 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 And what you're doing is so incredible because it's creating a space where it's safe to be in grief and yes. to hold space for each other in grief. And it's, it's amazing to me um, with our energy because both of us have created apps for community and that's not normal. No, no, I know. I mean, you and I, two normal chicks from, do you know, going completely out of our comfort zones to do something like this. Totally. This I, mm -hmm. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's totally Atlantean energy. I think there's this interesting unlocking of that technical, the, the technology of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. that somehow you and I have been asked to be a part of this process of utilizing technology to actually create community yes it's organic and real and not technological and remote right. you know, there's like this but yeah i mean when i signed up for my app developer license i don't know about you but i was like what in god's name am i doing right now i have yeah. no idea why i'm doing this <laughs> yeah and i you know and I, i'm not going that route i've got a, a wonderful friend who's helping me with it david bryan and you know he's been uh the person that has been on this journey with me throughout and i'm so grateful um for him because Otherwise, you know, 
I don't know. I, I'd be I'd be bald right now because I would have pulled my hair out <laughs> um, because it, it is a lot of work. And, and you know, for, for us, we're creatives, right? And so creating the content for, for the app is a lot of work, right? It's, oh, it's yeah. a lot yeah. of work and it's stressful. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's, 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 it's a lot of stress, but I believe that it's worth it. At the end of the day, it's worth it that normal people like you and I and this is what came to me last year, is that we don't have to wait for big brother or government to do the things for our community, that normal individuals like you and I can step into that space to create offerings for our community. So our communities don't have to wait for years down the line for someone outside of the community to come in and, and say, all right, we're gonna now build this, this bridge and this road for you to utilize. We have to step into that role. We yep. have to step into that role. Everyone in the community has to, well, what can I do? What's my gift? Oh, I can do this and I can do that and I can offer this and I can offer that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's profound. I mean, I, I am so grateful for the work that you're doing because, you know, my work is a medium. There's not a whole lot of places for folks to go. And just to know in my own work that I have a place to send them to get support and to connect and to feel support. I mean, it's really awesome what you're doing. It's awesome. It's profound. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Like I'm so excited for you and, and so happy that your book is out. So happy that you're able to share your gifts with the world and um, hopeful that you come back here whenever you want to. And that we do this more often because you just have so much wisdom Oh, thank you so much. I'm the old crone, you know. It's like, <laughs> well, you sure don't look like an old crone. I may not look like it, but I've got old crone energy inside of me, <laughs> and I'm gonna own it. It's okay. But I also want to say that you know what you're doing, and and I want you to you know for any of my um, folks listening and the community that because what I get oftentimes, and I was just in a in a uh, chat with uh, three other light workers. And they were saying how they're yearning to be part of a community. So I want you to also share what your app is and what community um, that that you're creating for for light workers. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Yeah. This oh, is all about you. It's not supposed to be. No, it's, it's it's all about us, Lisa. It's oh, it's an us geez. thing. It's an us thing. So I, you know, I want you to tell you know just a little bit about what you do. So let's take a couple. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, here's the deal. I like you. I got that message. It just dropped um, in December. You need to create a community space. And for me, it came, I'm definitely an indigo gal. So authority and I are not best friends. And so the censorship that's happening across mainstream social media platforms was really disturbing to me. Right. Um, and I really feel power, you know, this is a really deep share for me because one of my passions and one thing that I know about myself from another lifetime or another life experience is that I wanted to free the women in the Holocaust of witches. Mm. And so there's a deep resentment and anger and, and fight against this, the censorship movement because it's taking away our voices. And what happened was 
so so I went and it all just synchronistically, you know how that goes. I was like, oh, I'm going to make an app and here's the place and here's the money and go do it. And it was like, just it just worked out. Um, so I built a social community app and it is called Ajata Casa, which is Sanskrit for infinite and boundless space. Mm. What it is, it's an infinite space of, um, I call Ajata Casa our community of infinite light. And it's dedicated to nonviolence. So it's a non-divisive, nonviolent space. So we really respect all beliefs of all truths, of all perceptions, of all religions. So it's not a place that's just for a particular group of believers or any of those things. It's for everyone to share their spirituality. And we have food groups and Ayurveda groups and um, mm. groups and uh, craft groups. I mean, we just have all these incredible, profound groups in the app. And um, it's free for everybody to join. There is a premium option if you want to be a part of my teachings and, and receive premium content. So we have all of the presentations from all the summits that we've done. Mm. I have 500 videos um, in the premium section of the app. But there's over, there's almost a thousand videos in this app. I mean, wow. it's, it's extensive resources for everyone. Um, but what happened, Esha, this is what was so profound about it is as I was building it, because I built it with my niece. I mean, she helped me and developed the whole thing and built all this stuff out. Um, I recognized that this was a lot deeper than censorship. Um, we're simply just not seen and heard. I mean, there's so many thousands of people on the mainstream platforms and there's algorithms and all of these things. Uh -huh. And what I recognized was we are all being given a voice in Ajata Casa. We can all see each other, the official feed everyone sees. Um, there's no algorithms, no ads, no tracing, no tracking. I own the information. It's private. It's wow. not being sold anywhere. Um, so it's really, really special. Like it's a special, special place for everyone to be. And um, I just really um, thank you for the space to talk about it. Because if you yeah. haven't done it, you guys got to get on it if you haven't been in there yet. Because it's so great. It's it's. Yeah. it's I'm not on Facebook. I, I don't engage in that. I do have Instagram and Twitter and things, but I also don't get on there very much because when you go into a Jada Casa, people are sharing their art and their awakenings and their music and their light. And it's just, it, it's about what, what you surround yourself with, you know, filling right. yourself up. Yeah. And I think people are hungry for that. And, and that's why I wanted you to share a little bit about it, because I know I keep getting so so often people's like, I want to be around people who are like minded and or share the same consciousness. But what I love about it is that you're creating this this place of where people can practice non-dual consciousness. Right. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. moving away from uh, dualistic society into this place where all voices are heard. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And and that's what we need more of. We need more yeah. of that. Um, yeah, it's not about who's right or wrong, man. Mm -mm. It's, it's, all, it's mm. all right. It's all truth because what we believe is our truth. And, and that's, that's correct. Yeah, that's the part that really I see all these light workers like, you know, saying people aren't awake or they don't get it or this or that. And I think that's that's being in judgment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody's on their own journey. We're all on, you know, different spectrums of the journey. But 
Um, the beautiful thing is that once you realize that you don't have to defend, judge, or prove anything, it's like hands off and you give everyone permission to do it their way. Mm-hmm. And how nice for us, because now we don't have to carry that boulder on our back. Yeah. You know, and, um, and it's like you said, oh, I'm going to give them the work to do because it's their work and not mine. Yes. Um, and, and that's exactly as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. awesome. Thank you for the space. And before we close, I would love for you to share with everybody. We have it in the notes and it's coming across the screen, but I would love for you to share everybody how they can get your book, how they can connect with you, how they can find you so that they can get started and get connected. Yeah. So the book is on Amazon, so you can get it there or you can get it directly through me. Um, and, and which would be great because then that way, um, you know, the way Amazon has, they take a massive proceeds. Um, and they can get in contact with me either through eshastar.com, through my email, um, or my phone number, 704-340-5730. If, you, you know, if you're interested in um, doing any grief work or just want to have a conversation on you know, what I do and... Um, so those are some of the ways and, you know, the book is, um, it's just, it's an easier read because it's not written in chapters and it's just little bite-sized nuggets. And when the wisdom of grief comes out, which it should be out fairly soon, is the sister book to the wisdom of death. Um, it's, it's written in the same format and it's just there to just hopefully inspire, um, inspire you and, and to not feel as if, you know, death is the big elephant in the room. Death isn't the big elephant in the room. It's fear. Yeah. I love it. I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming back on. Well, thank you for creating the space for me. I'm, I'm just, I could talk to you. We'll do this again soon. I hope. And um, yes. And thank you to everybody who's been watching. We've had a great audience today and Um, Everybody, we will see you back here tomorrow for a very special Kuan Yin activation, which is um, releasing the pain of the mother. And um, I'll be back at 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time tomorrow for that. Um, And I love all of you. And until then, I'll see you in the app. And thank you, Esha, very much for all of your work and and your service and your joy and your love. And um, have an amazing, amazing weekend. Thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you.